Hello and welcome everyone to the seventh episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Habib, and today I have a special episode for you all. Today's episode is with my good friend, Jobber Baines. It's interesting how Jobber and I met. We actually met at a stand-up one comedy showcase at Second City. And ever since that day where we both went up and did our set for six minutes, we have vibed completely. And it so happens that he is now the seventh episode. Jobber and I talk about lots of cool, interesting things. We talk about life, we talk about comedy, acting, getting an agent, commercials, discipline, resilience, spirituality, literally everything. Um, And it doesn't matter what age you are, if you're 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, I think you honestly could get a lot of value out of this. I know I did get value out of it. And honestly, if I had heard this episode, maybe when I was 15, 16, it would have really, really put things in perspective for me. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy this episode. The following is a conversation with Jobber Baines. What is self-love? Self-love? Yeah, your definition of self-love. Oh man, I've been thinking about that question actually for like the past couple of years. What is self-love? Self-love is choosing yourself first. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. self-love is like get or self or self-love is giving yourself the the what's the word? Self-love is giving yourself the What's the word? I'm blanking out here. It's a good question. Self-love yeah. is giving yourself permission. Yeah. Permission to relax. Permission to giving relax. Giving yourself permission to just like, whoops. Giving yourself permission to just be, just be. Because me and you, I'm, sorry, you can hear me, right? I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure like, pretty sure us with our immigrant parents, that we haven't seen self-love with them. We've just seen <laughs> grind, 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 grind until I can't, you know, and then mm-hmm. do it all over again. So, that's why whenever, for me, the hardest thing to do is relax. It's so hard to relax. Because you're so hardwired to like just work all the time that you find that whenever you take time to relax, it's sort of like not, you don't feel like it's feel earned guilty. or guilty, right? Yeah, okay, interesting. I feel guilty, man. I feel earned and it's so fucked up and I'm like burnt out and I'm still going and I'm like, and recently I seen one, a message on uh, Instagram. It was like, instead of saying I'm tired, you can say I'm putting in overtime. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. No, yeah, dude, I feel the same way a lot of the time where like uh, sometimes I'm just so much in go mode where it's like and I, I tend to even just forget about just relaxing or even just de-stressing a bit. Um, and so and then the times that I do, I feel sort of guilty for it. I think it's like really fucked up just to just I think and it's not normal. And I think that sometimes when you normalize it to yourself, it comes out in, in, in different ways. Sometimes it just comes out in like anxiety or like even just health. Like, you know what I mean? Your health can sort of deteriorate as well. So I think that's like, that's super, that, that's a really interesting take on self-love is like the ability to to relax without feeling guilty. Give yourself permission, man. Like we say these white people, they have it figured out, man. They're doing these leisure <laughs> activities and the brown community is like, oh, what are you, go to work, right? Yeah. But like, even with like, I also teach students. So my biggest lesson to them isn't math, isn't science. It's self-love, like you said. Yeah. Because in a world of where everyone's chasing likes, in a world where everyone's chasing validation online and they can't escape it, self-love is the only thing we can actually equip them with to fight it all. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a weapon. It's like a weapon to, to, to go out in the world. Because I, I feel like, that, I always say like the relationship with yourself is the shield, most important. Yeah, shield. 
Exactly. Like the relationship with yourself is the most important relationship I find. Because if you have a solid relationship and especially going to the art space, right? Like acting and even just doing comedy, it's like, it's like, I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like when you, when you take on a character or you're playing someone, um, you have to have a good relationship with yourself. Otherwise it's very easy to get lost in playing someone else that you don't even, you sort of forget who you are or even in comedy, right? Like relying on laughs to make yourself feel good. Bro, me and you are brave, man. We're on that stage <laughs> seeking validation that was, from random people. Yeah, laugh exactly. Jokes, please <laughs> laugh. Please laugh. Or I'm gonna cry at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, I think also think one of my superpowers is that I'm not hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, and I'm nice to myself, which sounds so simple, but it's so hard for so many people. It's hard for me, man. Like that's that's amazing that 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 like so describe like being nice to yourself because like how do you draw the line from being nice to yourself and then being too nice to yourself where you basically like start to you know like how you there's like that that line where if you cross that line then you sort of go into like a bit of like delusion and a bit of like oh i'm okay i'm doing something i'm doing something i'm doing something but like it's important to be nice to yourself so how do you balance that okay you're right you're right so let's change the word so i think the difference between being nice and being kind yeah so i I think being nice comes from, I, I know I said nice first, so I, I take my word back nice. I just want to say kind to myself. Because mm-hmm. being nice comes from a place of fear. Okay. Like maybe there's a bully in your school and you want to be nice to him because you don't want him to bully you. But being kind is when you're get, helping someone that can't really help you back or helping yourself being kind. So I'm really kind to myself in the sense where I've traveled a lot, I've moved around a lot. I realize no matter what we do, even right now, this podcast that we're doing is amazing. Outside, the clouds ain't going to stop moving. The cars yeah. ain't going to stop turning. You're walking on the street. No one even knows what you're doing. And exactly. the best part, Ali, is that no one gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody cares. Your own family doesn't care. And it's the, it's the best feeling because it, you can do whatever you want because nobody cares. Yeah, that's it's true. It's not like, oh, nobody cares, nobody cares. It's like no man. It's a good thing. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. You can go out do like do whatever you want. Like honestly, because there's like this quote. Don't hurt anybody though. Don't hurt. Yeah, no, yeah. Don't hurt anybody. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I had that. That's for sure. Brown Uh, people give you advice. Do whatever you want. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. Disclaimer: Like we're not saying hurt anybody, but like um uh like I think that there's this really interesting quote I read also where it talked about sometimes you you think that like uh people. Like whenever you go out and, and let's say like you even sometimes people are also self-conscious, like what they wear because they're scared of like what other people are going to think. And I always think about this, like in reality, like a lot of the people are actually thinking about themselves the entire time. You know what I mean? Like everybody's in their own head. So like when you go out to like an event and stuff, people aren't thinking like, oh, look at this weirdo. He's not like actually hanging out. They're thinking to themselves like, am I fitting in a lot of the time? Right. Like I'm not saying that everything's that way, but majority of the time, that's the thought. It's like it's always like into themselves like well they're always thinking about themselves and so once you stop really giving a shit about what people think you feel so liberated because you're like bro i don't give a shit like i can just do whatever i want and like if you and even if they do care it's like who cares man you know what i mean it's like easier said than done exactly like yeah like for example um think about how much time like look at our hairs our hairs are different think about how much time you actually spend looking at someone else's hair maybe like one second two yeah. seconds but we're so fixated on our own selves oh, more dude. than anybody that's so, so relatable. Same with everybody else and when i was in dance class yeah uh, you go into dance class and you're you think everyone's watching you you're scared whatever but everyone like you said ali we're so fixated on ourselves that we don't even notice anybody else yeah we're all trying to get moves and everything you know exactly about dance class that once you leave it's like a reset no one remembers anything no one cares no one even like says oh remember this remember no no it's just such a such an interesting 
thing. I thought people would be more like like criticizing stuff in dance class, but no one cares. Safe place. Shout out to Underground Dance Center. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I go sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's just thinking about themselves. But so, but you mentioned teaching. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know you teach. I, I don't even know how old you are. How, how old are you? I just turned thirty-one last wow, week. Wow, man! You don't look thirty-one at all. You look way younger. You look way oh, younger. Yeah, I would have guessed like twenty-five. I'm twenty. I just turned twenty. Oh, so, you're very, you're very young. Compared, yeah, no, like so. You teach. So, so what do you teach exactly? Yeah, so uh, 31 last year, so I've been teaching for eight years, my friend. Sick, man. That's awesome. Uh, so I started off teaching, it, I got qualified in Toronto. Okay. And then I moved to London, England. I started teaching there. And that's where I started talking like, you thirsty? Do you fancy some water? You all right? I started <laughs> talking like that for a, yeah. for a whole year, man. And I taught grade one there. And um, it was 30 kids. It was really intense. I was teaching 12 hours a day. I oh, was in the shit. school. Like... 7 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. The kids were there only 9 to 3, but so much stuff I had to do extra. And it, it was the hardest year of my life. I okay. never knew I was in a dark place, but mm -hmm. I was. Because I'm here in Canada, optimistic. It's 2014. I'm like, yeah, England, I'm going to find my wife here. Yeah. And everything. Like, yeah, man, it was a big wake-up call. But it really helped me getting out of home, moving there. It really helped me just become a man, become a person. Yeah. Learn to do all this stuff because, like, over there, it's it's not for the weak, man. It's not for the weak. Like yeah. their, their yeah. banter is different. Like they'll mm -hmm. they'll roast you, roast you, and like it might sound malicious. And you're like, I'm from Canada. We're so nice over there. Yeah. What are you <laughs> why, why are you being like this? Yeah. So I, I really gave me my backbone. It made me a super teacher. So after Mexico, I'm like, I like it here, but I don't love it. So mm -hmm. I emailed my school. I'm like, Is there any school in the world hiring anywhere in the world? Because I because Toronto, I still couldn't get into Toronto school board at that time. They're like, yeah, there's a school in Monterey, Mexico hiring. I'm like, Monterey, Mexico, what is that? And then I remember I met some girl in Barcelona when I was traveling from Monterey. Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, I don't know what Monterey is, but I'm never, ever going to go there. That's all I'm telling you. And here I am six months later. Hey, is Monterey safe? Uh, can, I, can, I, can I go work there? <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? I'm like, so then I did the interview, Skype interview, you know, dress shirt. and Yeah, shorts. exactly. And then I uh, got the job to Monterey, came back to Toronto. Um, I um, came back for a week and a half because school ends late in July. Then it, it starts early in August in Mexico. Flew right there straight, started teaching in Mexico. And like over there, no one spoke English once I left the school. And I didn't speak any Spanish. Oh, shit. I was like an alien walking around, man. It was it was tough. I didn't know the language. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't and I thought someone's gonna kill me yeah because you have that idea yeah I'm after here. watching yeah <laughs> someone's definitely gonna just kill me here yeah exactly. i was in bed the first time like, like this is it this is the day <laughs> someone's coming through my house and he's gonna kill me right yeah now. yeah I exactly. lived, alone, lived alone in a house and um i thought about it i'm like okay i'm just gonna go back to toronto i give up i can't do this right mm -hmm. and the only thing i kept coming to my mind was a picture of my dad <laughs> yelling at me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I'm sometimes like, that fear just drives you <laughs> yeah i'm like i guess i can't go back home because yeah dad's gonna talk shit yeah so i'm stuck here i'm stuck in monterey mexico oh my for god two-year contract it's a two-year two contract. contract in a place that you don't even speak the language like what grade was Bro, it grade one like what, what was, it was the grade great, it was grade three there grade, grade three, three okay okay yeah and then um so just i'm like all right what do i do and the funny thing with ali was i didn't even know who i was I never had time to sit with myself growing up as a middle child with so many people around. I never knew what I even liked to do because mm -hmm. I would just 
do what everyone else is doing, playing sports. Exactly. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, and then I got anxiety because I'm like, I don't, I didn't even know it was anxiety. I didn't even know what it was. I just felt weird. I'm like, yeah, hard to breathe. What's going on? Okay, I, I don't know what to do. Can't go home. Don't want to stay here. And then I'm like, okay. So then I went to the library, the school library, and got books. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Got like the Hunger <laughs> Games theory. Uh, then eventually, um, I made friends, uh, teacher friends took me out, celebrated my birthday there. Oh, okay, sorry. So it was like Toronto, then Montreal, like this. But then as it got better, it got even better because oh, now shit, like, okay. even better, man. I was a foreign guy there. I learned the language after like si after six months, my head stopped hurting. Okay. After six months, because you know, like you know, people. That's why I respect people that come from different countries to Toronto so much more now because. Bro, when there's a random language hitting you in the head all day, your yeah. head starts to hurt. Because you think you can't even understand what's being said to you. So you're like, just sort of, and plus you're trying to think like, okay, what does that mean? And you should like slowly translate it, right? Is it like that? That That's what you mean by it? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just like, holy, and you're, you don't even realize it. You're so, so tired all the time because you're, you're going through all the process. I got to get laundry detergent from a grocery store. Yeah. I lived in Mexico for four years. I taught there four years, spoiler. And I still don't know the word for laundry detergent. I've never said it. So I was like, oh, that thing, like miming it out. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm like, excuse me in English. I'm like, I <laughs> was like, yeah, see, see, pasale, pasale, aquí, aquí. Then I'm like, <laughs> but after two years, I picked up the language. Okay. In Mexico. Then I moved to Cancun, Mexico. Oh, shit. Okay. I taught there, taught grade six there for two more years in the international schools and just teaching around the world, got to see the world. And how old were you at this point? Like, how old were you? I started in England at 23. Okay, okay. I became a teacher qualified, then uh, 24 in Monterey, 24. Shit. So you're like young, young when you're in, when you're there. Like, so that that's like, that's got to mature you like hell, dude. Like when you go to a different place and you got to figure just sh figure shit out for yourself. Like literally. Bro, in England, the first three months, I lost 15 pounds. Shit. I, did, I didn't know how to cook. I was yeah. like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just go to sleep hungry. I don't think I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to make some food right now. Bro, my mouth, my face went in like triangle. Oh, man. And I came home from my sister's wedding in November. And my parents are like, the hell happened to you? Are you not eating over there? Then a rotini maldi? Like, are you not getting roti over there? Like, what? They're like, we're not sending you back unless you eat. So then I took like some protein, some mass gainers to get back. Yeah. Then I learned. But yeah, man. And just, and like, the well, number one thing is you can't trust the media because media makes Mexico look so dangerous and stuff. Yeah. For four years, I felt, I felt, I still feel safer going out in Mexico than Toronto. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. People giving you bad looks and stuff in Mexico. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. But that, that's insane. Like I, I wouldn't have guessed first of all, like before even having you on here, I was thinking like, okay, so he's probably like what, 25, 26. And I was thinking like, okay, like I've, like I'm, I've, I have lined up some questions and around that, but I'm like, bro, I can't believe that you're a teacher one, which is insane. I didn't even know that. And then you also lived in Mexico for four years. Like what did not see that one coming? Like absolute welcome, but that's, but yeah. that, that, that's going to add. And like, I want to sort of touch on that, on that aspect of like, when you said that you were in Mexico, you sort of, you got that anxiety feeling of like, of like, I don't want to go back to Toronto and like, I don't want to stay here right now. And so like, what really made you um, end up staying in Mexico then? Like, what was it that, what was the decision? And like, how come you stayed in Mexico? Oh man. Um, resilience, man, resilience. I'm like, I just got to tough it out. I yeah. got to do it. And like being the middle child growing up, never really had an outlet to share my problems with anybody. Yeah. So it was always, I always felt like a lone wolf. I'm like, all right, it's just me. I guess I'll do it. So I called my sister. I have an older sister. She's okay. Good younger brother he's 11 months younger and i called her 
I'm like, hey, Harinder, like, I, I don't want to be here. I'm feeling shitty. I feel scared. And I don't know the language, but dad's going to talk shit. What should I do? She's like, honestly, just come back home. I got you. No worries, man. Just come back home. I still respect you, whatever. But what I really wanted to hear was, just tough it up, man. You can do it. Come on, come on. I wanted that advice. Yeah. Once she was away for training and she called me and she's like, you know what? I don't want to be here. I find it shitty. Uh, what should I do? And I gave her the tough it up. Tough you can do this. <laughs> she wanted to hear, just come back home. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you give advice that you would, you give the advice that you think you would want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just stayed and like, I just realized like I made friends there. I started going out. Things were going great. I went on a date. The That's girl didn't awesome. speak any English. I didn't speak any Spanish. That so must have been interesting. Day, oh man, all I, I mean, Google Translate wasn't that big back in 2015. Yeah. So I just knew how to say me gusta, which means I like. Okay. Just say random stuff, and the whole time it's like, ah, oh, me gusta. See, see, me gusta. Me Did gusta she know you didn't speak? Day, Did she know you didn't speak Spanish? Like she knew that? Yeah, yeah, she figured it out real quick. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a good bit you could do man a stand-up like i went on a date and i didn't speak the what a what a like what a premise man what a punchline that is like yeah i gotta i really want to go deeper with comedy now because I, I really i have a showcase this thursday for stand-up too sick sold out though or i would have told you to come but mm-hmm. um but yeah i feel like gotta go deeper gotta really go deeper and share stories because right now i feel like my jokes are all just like dating apps dick pics this that this that like <laughs> anyone can really talk about that but yeah no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but so like in, in that time when you were at Mexico, like how did, how did you, like, did you, like, when was the discussion you had with yourself, which was like, okay, my real passion is like in the arts. Like, how is that? How does that, when did you come to that realization? Cause I feel like when you're in that moment of like, when you're there for four years and you're teaching and then like, and you also have that fear of coming back home because you also, you know, don't want your dad to see you a certain way. And then like, how do you, like that whole process of like coming to terms of like what you really want to do in life and then breaking it to it must have been like a super pivotal moment right in your life where yeah, it's like massive yeah. so first thing like my dad after a while he's like he's like for example parents are, my parents are weird tricky i think a lot of asian parents are like this to you they're gonna be like what you can't get a job in toronto you can't get a job in canada what you're a failure to their friends yeah my son he's a teacher in england he's a teacher in mexico he's working yeah. at a new- <laughs> schools back to me you can't get a job here you're really a failure and it's like whoa why are you boosting me to your friends but talking shit to me yeah so they wanted me to come back home i mean so that was not really a big issue anymore it can't, every year they wanted me to come back home so that was fine but the real pivotal stage was at that moment in my life i wanted to travel and i wanted to see the world and i got to teach same time so it was perfect for me at that time that's what i wanted but i feel like once i started like meditating and reflecting on who i really am I kind of feel like if I didn't go away and did all that stuff, I would have just been in Toronto and been a teacher my whole life, period. That's it. Married mm-hmm. kid, teacher. That's it. Yeah. But the fact that I got to go out the world and I realized we control our lives. Mm-hmm. We are in control of our lives. For example, no one's going to come be like, hey, Ali, come hold my hand. I'm going to take you and do this stuff. No, you have to yeah, you do it yourself. Plan. Yeah, exactly. You have to make your own plan. So another superpower is that I'm in control of my life now. Like the stand-up comedy class we took, we mm-hmm. signed up ourselves. Yeah, exactly. No one's gonna be like, "Hey, bro, come with me and join swim me and do." Or maybe you had a friend that told you to do it, but it's just no. Like... Yeah, it wasn't like that. It was just like that because you like. I remember seeing this. Like, I'll just quickly touch on this and you continue. But it was like I remember seeing the second city. I always loved open mics, but it was always that hesitation of like, "What if I bomb? Like, how's that gonna work?" And like, so I saw it there, and I remember sitting at my computer and being like, "Look, listen, I really want to do this, but if I'm not, 
I'm like, just do, just put yourself in an uncomfortable position. So I literally just bought the class and said, okay, screw it. Like I'm committing now and there's no way out of it. So I'm, I'm going to have to figure it out on the way, like on the way there doing it. And then that a was a better place to learn than a classroom. Yeah, exactly. And and Ryan Dillon too, like shout out to him. Like what a, what a freaking coach he was, man. Like he, he just gave me Conan O'Brien vibes like the entire time. Like it's just, it's just hilarious, but it, it was so interesting. Like you learn so much about like, writing jokes at first i thought it was like okay just be funny but it was like okay there's more to that there's actual there's actual structure to like joke writing and like yeah but anyway sorry that interrupt i just interrupt but yeah like doing doing things like that it's, it's quite scary and, and no one's gonna hold your hand yeah and I'm, I'm glad i had the experience with your showcase you did a great job and <laughs> Ryan super cool too. Well. yeah so remember your customs u.s border bull stuff yeah <laughs> they're only good at one thing spotting the brown terrorists yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um yeah so what happened was i was i was in my fourth year teaching there in Cancun, Mexico. And I asked my students, my grade six students, I'm like, what do you want to be when you grow up? They're saying like firefighter, police officer, actor, uh, football player, this. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Follow your dreams, do everything. And then they use first name there. They're like, oh, so Mr. Jabber, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, oh, oh shit. I'm 27 years old right now and I'm not finished growing up either. <laughs> Like, like, I'm also growing up. What do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely don't want to be in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't want to be teaching you kids right now. Yeah. yeah I, don't you I don't want to be here for the rest of my life in a classroom or something. So I had a real pivotal moment. Like, shit. What do I want to be when? And I feel, I feel everyone should ask themselves that question. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because if you don't know, you're already doing it. You know what I'm saying? And if yeah, you don't, exactly. You that's so true. You just, that's it. So I was like, all right, all right. Uh, so I'm going to finish up school year here, coming back to Canada, straight into acting classes. I went to like, I landed on a Friday, acting class started on a Monday and did like a whole month straight Monday to Friday, Damn. August off, then all September to September, December acting classes at the Toronto Academy for Film and Television, Monday to Friday, intensive, okay. just, just grinded, grinded, grinded. I don't even tell my parents what I'm doing because I'm like, I don't need to have no extra stress. So I told my parents, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, um, teacher training school they're, they're gonna teach me how to use my voice and how to be a better teacher how to be about damn that's crazy because yes. i'm like what's the point if, i'm not gonna tell them because yeah i'm not gonna deal with that now like yeah i know what you mean the short delay once i book the commercial once i book the film or the short film or something independent then now i'm showing them after a couple of years of actually getting some credits under my belt I'm yeah like, look at this billboard look at this commercial look at this and they're like oh cool but like the whole training phase like everyone out there like you don't need to share everything with everyone right away. Yeah, 100%. One thing is, if you keep sharing your dreams and goals, your brain supposedly starts to think you already achieved yeah. them. Oh my God, it's insane you say that because I literally had this conversation with my friend like a week ago. Yeah, exactly. And then you kind of lose motivation sometimes. Yeah, because you just fool yourself. Some people say like, Those are... yeah. And yeah, it's you... just added pressure, man. Added pressure. You don't need to add all the pressure. And yeah, you, you yeah. Say, exactly you don't need to tell anybody like what you're up to you don't have to like i just have a close group of friends where like we when we chat like i tell them like things that you know like i'm, I'm up to but i don't really want to like tell everybody who follows me on instagram like oh I'm, I'm gonna do this when i get older i'm like it's just it's just not one like i don't nobody gives a shit like that's one two two is like yeah. two is like there's no like you sort of fool yourself and thinking like okay that means i already have it it's like you you don't you know what i mean you still gotta like work your ass off to get it but i think that that that's super interesting. Like um uh that, that you like you didn't tell your parents um until uh, until later until you actually you know like had something to show them. And I think that's such an interesting thing because 
one is like I'm I'm grateful with my, my parents. Like I don't have to do that. Like I, I I can be clear with them what I want to do, and they're super supportive. So shout out to my parents if they ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know that I appreciate that. But but like um I have like some family members, like <clears throat> distant family members, just in case they're listening. Like you distant probably don't know them. Uh and like and like uh <laughs> far 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 away. far away different guys planet. yeah different planet. Mars <laughs> yeah <laughs> different country like, different yeah and they're like and and sometimes they'll they'll talk shit like I know for a fact like oh Ali's in the acting and comedy no oh, they're talking shit like hundred percent there's no doubt about. It. but my view is like and then the moment you start booking like i said commercials and short films it's like oh look at him he's my he's my family member you know he's my family. it's like yeah it's I like know. what a I what a you're gonna do yeah. great <laughs> really because like you were talking shit the last wedding i was at it's like i don't know how yeah. that's you know what i mean it's it's so interesting how they're like they'll shit on you while you're doing it and then the moment you make it they'll be like oh it's so cool what he's doing right like it's so ins- mm-hmm. it's like dude you gotta be there in the downtimes when it looks like this guy's throwing his life away uh, and then and then when you slowly make it but that's interesting like you talk about the billboard that was insane because like when we first met I, like uh I, we actually met for those of those of you listening who don't know i don't think you would know because i've never mentioned it but basically we met at a, a i probably mentioned it in the introduction to this podcast um but we met at the stand-up one showcase at second city like i remember that because you came in the room and we were like getting we were all like feeling the jitters a bit like okay we're gonna go up like 35 40 people in the crowd like <laughs> waiting you know what i mean and like I just remember, uh, I just remember, yeah, going up there and like we were, and we were like super hyped. I just remember like, and the, and like the support, man, was insane. Like just because we were all at the back, right? And like every time someone went on did set, we all high five each other, like, come on, let's do this. And I remember like, uh, uh, when you went up, man, it was actually just freaking hilarious. And we, till this day, my friends and I, like, we we were, uh, we always talk about that Mickey Mouse bit you did, man. Like <laughs> that was just freaking hilarious. Uh, my oh, friend just keeps talking. It's gonna be a great day. That's so good. We just kept dying laughing. Yeah, no. So we met there, and like, I just remember we hit it off right away. I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta be friends with this guy. And like, I honestly applaud you, man, for going to open mics like all the time and hitting up and really chasing it in in Toronto. Like, it's it's super inspiring to me. Also, like, it, it actually pushes me to do a lot more. Um, and so, but but like, so that so that billboard you were on, like, how so how does that work? Like, how do you get into the the commercial space? Like, did you get an agent first? Did you like apply through a different thing? Like, how? Talk about yeah, that because so, it's because it's gonna be helpful to me and also like a bunch of other people watching as well. Yeah, so I wish someone told me this stuff before when I started acting as well too. The number one thing that anyone that wants to go into the acting world is to go into acting classes first. Yeah, Fine. acting classes. Start training. Start training. Get your chops up good, and then what you want to do is uh, start applying to student films and like uh, whatever you can get basically, and maybe record a couple of one or two good monologues. And once you have some good, like, um, once you feel ready and you have some good monologue stuff to show agents, mm-hmm. then you would ad- apply to agents on the actor website or something that are verified. And then you would try to get an agent. And once you get an agent, that's just another person helping you apply. You don't stop applying because you're still doing your own thing as a non-union yeah. and just uh, try to get an agent. So I'm with an agency right now. I have an okay. agent. And then they also send out for me for auditions. I send out myself for auditions and just, uh, you just fingers crossed, man. You never know. Like, because yeah, that one roll, you're one roll away from changing your life. You're one roll away. You're one addition away from changing yeah, your life. Literally. One, one can change your life, bro. And just, um, and always, and for everyone listening, just do every edition. Do it. Don't, don't yeah. say, oh, I'm not going to play that character because that's not who I am. It's like, bro, you're acting. Yeah, take every audition you're, you can get. <laughs> you're acting. Yeah. You're not actually becoming. You're not actually that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you'll live it. But like, I remember once I had the randomest audition. It was for, um, professional sign spinner for a commercial so you know those guys on the streets that spin signs and do all that stuff yeah i got the edition i'm like what the fuck i don't know how to spin a sign 
And I'm like, whatever, let me just throw it in. I go, I go to my garbage, get like a cardboard box or something. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like Coke, can, 24 packs of Coke, and they have the. I grabbed one of those, and I'm like this with serious face. I'm just like. Yeah, I'm just like, committed. It fell down, picked it back up, did it again, and I sent in the addition. I'm like, whatever, not getting this, right? Yeah. <laughs> a week later, I get an email. Congratulations, you booked the commercial, the professional <laughs> science spinner. Like, that's insane. That's crazy. Straight. I laughed. Yeah, you just like, what the fuck? That's crazy. I go into the to the wardrobe session. I'm like, did you guys see my tape? They're like, I'm like, do you guys know who I am? Like, is there a mistake? <laughs> like, this is a mistake. Like, yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, we saw it. Yeah, you're one of the good ones. I was like, what? Like, who was one of the bad ones? <laughs> like, who? How was I one of the good ones? And like, Toronto has a very lackage of sh- uh, professional science spinners. I guess <laughs> niche there. Yeah, I guess it's very, very big niche. Yeah. So then, so you got the agent, and then like, so you, what was the, what was the first commercial you booked? The first commercial I booked, uh, it was right before COVID hit. Uh, okay. O Henry. It was okay. called O Henry Buds, and I had to act high for it. Oh shit! Yeah, I, don't, I didn't smoke weed at the time. So, um, or even so, I was like, I was just like, I was like, dude, do I look high right now, bro? Dude, do, do, do I look cute? And I just I made this whole monologue <laughs> up with everybody. <laughs> then it was so funny, and they just uh, they chose me for it, but then uh, COVID canceled it. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So they made it into a voiceover thing, but it was cool for because it was my first time ever that out of acting school, someone's like, "We want you." Yeah. And I was like, "And you're gonna pay me?" You're gonna actually pay you can me? pay for the yeah it's insane i was like well you, you actually want me you want to invest money into me doing i was like wow like this might actually pay off you know because when you're in acting school you're like is anybody really gonna pay me for this shit? like <laughs> yeah. really- like i can get paid for this shit? like that that's the first re- the re- yeah man like i remember being like a at the student acting student in like that i was a, i was the one and like dude yeah uh like i i have i have so much fun every time i'm in class right because for me it's like i love it. it's my passion and for me it's like insane yeah. just playing different characters and just understanding who this guy is and telling stories and so like when i realized like dude like people get paid to do this i was like that is insane it actually blew my mind because i almost forgot it was almost like as if i was doing this like recreationally but i wasn't i was doing this like wanting to make it right and like still i'm doing it wanting to make it but it was like that idea of like i can get paid for this like that is insane and like if i can pay get paid for and enjoy this much like obviously there are times when it takes a toll on you and you're pulling like late nights and you know like you're you're because emotionally it's also like very very um overwhelming yes. right because you gotta like for if you have a scene where it's like okay you gotta be like very very emotional it's coming from a real place like you can't fake those tears i mean you can but the effect's not going to be as real in my opinion um and yeah. so like it, it, yeah it's it's insane that like you can just get you can get paid for doing it when you have that realization and then and then when you go to audition and after like you get the role and you're like which is yet to happen for me because i need to get an agent first so hopefully that'll happen soon no, um, you could start applying mandy.com um Actors access making Actors trans- massive one, yeah. Um, backstage is backstage. good. Yeah, I have a, back, I have a backstage. One, what's really good, really good for non-union is our Facebook groups. Okay. Join the Facebook groups and just start saying like I'm interested, or people will, hey, anyone interested, and just just do it. You'll get a lot of work there. Yeah, I'm for sure. I'm currently like an actor apprentice, apprentice, so I can't work non-union anymore. Oh so shit! I have to only do union gig. Yeah. That's so, insane. Um, that's a massive so congrats, dude. That's a massive congrats. Oh, I have two credits. I just need one more to go full union. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I'm just, so I'm really re- kind of relying on my agent because she they see more of the union jobs than I can. Yeah. But um, going back to what you said about emotional tolls, I remember when I first started acting, it was so hard for me to go sad and dramatic. Yeah. 
and like cry because mm-hmm. like growing up middle child indian family it just it was never really acceptable to be emotional you know and like 100%. traveling traveling so much and saying goodbye to so many people i had so many masks and walls up to protect myself where i became like buddha like and yeah. no matter what happened like this I, this is my same reaction i would I'll, I'll always be like like a buddha smile it's like yeah just like to everything that happened yeah it was fucked because like people try to get to that people try people want to maintain neutrality as much as they can but i'm like no this is not life life's ups and downs so we're doing a scene and the girl just it was, so it was in acting school like me and the girl it's our last time seeing each other so we're saying mm-hmm. goodbye for the last time and she just starts crying and crying and i'm just like and the director, the acting coach, like, cut, cut. What the fuck, Jabber? You don't even give a shit about her. You don't even care about her. Look, I'm like, I, I, I can see how it looks like that. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I fucking had to learn to cry. Yeah. I For a whole month, I was watching Try Not to Cry challenges on YouTube. Try Not to Cry challenge. And I'm watching these videos and I, I'm just numb. Not crying. Numb, journaling, reflecting, aware, awareness. And I'm like, wow, I'm so like numb and it finally took me like a month but i yeah, finally broke yeah. down these walls took off these masks and just dude and that's I, courageous man that's a lot of courage to do that as well yeah then i finally got to cry in a scene i'm like i'm human, I'm human. <laughs> yeah no do, yeah whenever i do get emotional or i do have a tear come out i'm so happy it's the best feeling because it reminds me that i'm human i'm not just a robot exactly like, yeah no dude i completely relate to that because you're never really told um to be emotional especially as a guy and like i, I agree like obviously i'm not saying that if you're a guy be like the most emotional guy like crying everything that like you gotta be you gotta have some aspect of like that stoic like i'm like, I, like you know like i can carry myself on my on my on my like i can carry myself a backbone um, right. yeah exactly like you know like i have a spine like i'll say no when i need to say no and stuff like that but dude i totally relate when i first started doing acting classes um at at the studio like i was I couldn't, I felt like I wasn't putting all of myself in it because I felt there was some, I couldn't, I, don't, I can't be vulnerable. That was my problem is that I, I hate, like, I, I hate being vulnerable. I hate it because to me, I always felt like it's giving the other person the other upper hand. And I hate that, you know, especially when you have like things happen and, and you sort of like, just, you learn to sort of adapt and be like that. But then the moment I, I said, look, listen, like when I go into the studio, it's a safe, when I'm, when I'm playing a character and the camera's on, it says action. It's a safe place. It's a place where it's not about me, dude. It's about the character. You know what I mean? And like in, like in life, I've, I've become obviously a lot more like, um, feel a lot more now. Like I, like on, on purpose, because I want myself to experience life and not go through it. Just like being untouched. And, and I have, and I have some like, uh, family members like that. And it's sad to see that they don't really experience life because Life is insane. The fact that we're here, like, and then talking, we're, I'm not even in the same room as you is freaking insane, right? And like, I love how you said feeling on purpose. Yeah. That is so good. That's gold, man. Feeling on purpose. Like, I want to feel on purpose because our whole life we've been told not to feel. Exactly, man. It, it, and it's so, it's such backwards, like, uh, it's such backwards advice just to, to be told that. And like, so when I was doing that, like I, I at first I felt like I wasn't really giving all of myself in in the scene and in the in the role. But then after like um the, as as time started to go by, I started really you, man. The one thing about love I love about acting is that you become less judging one because you put yourself in so many shoes of, of other people. You're playing so many characters. That's one and two is like you you realize like it's just a place where you can tap into that that and you can be vulnerable in that scene. And that's why I love it because 
and yeah and so it took me a while but after a while when I when I was acting I was like dude I can actually put all of myself in the scene even if it's like a the opposite of me like even like I'd play this one role where it was like um we got this one scene where like I had to be a bit of like a like a simp okay and like that's like the opposite of well, me like the believe that. Way. yeah, yeah hey, I, the I cannot yeah <laughs> Opposite. <laughs> off the record yeah no like yeah it's so it was, a big loser the big opposite of who i am <laughs> i play a guy who yeah exactly who catches feelings so yeah that's all that's not me no yeah so like i had to play this guy who's a simp right and like obviously like i'm not that and like and like it's just i like sometimes i cringe <laughs> at aspects of <laughs> i cringe at like aspects of that honestly because like I feel all of us in our lives, we've been uh, a sort of form of that. I've been a sim, man. I've yeah, been same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can relate to that completely, right? And like, what? And like, so, so, and then it's, and like, obviously, I've like evolved as a human being, and like, I've learned to like, you know, whatever, carry myself and become a lot more confident and stuff. So, I had to play that character. So that was interesting, and I was like, hmm, like, <laughs> this is like really weird. But then I realized, like, dude, it's a character. Just play the character, and the yeah. emotions got to come from a real place. I can't fake the character, and I find that yeah. so interesting because you can live a thousand lives in one life. It's just yes. crazy. Yeah, and it's amazing because like, and like, I realized like the more life experience you have with all the stuff that you're doing, it's more stuff you can pull from. Like, for example, one time I was part of the virtual theater group. And it turned out to become queer theater, and okay. I never knew. And everybody in the group was gay, yeah. and I didn't know that. So I'm in there, I'm like, oh shit, and I'm straight. So I'm like, oh shit, is this, is this a requirement to be in the in the be queer to be in this group? <laughs> yeah. So I, was, I didn't say anything. I'm just quiet. And then such week one goes by, week two goes by, week three, and they're sharing their stories about coming out of the closet, and how like churches were praying for them to be straight, and yeah. all these horrible stories. And I'm like, I feel like an imposter. Yeah, because they don't even know because they have that no I'm clue. That I'm, yeah, so I'm just there, and then week five comes around, and it's virtual, whatever. So there, one girl's like, "Sorry guys, I'm not gay. I'm actually bisexual," and I'm like, "How dare she lie to us?" <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Like, what? I'm like, how could you I'm say like, that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a shame. But then one girl's like, "Oh, it's okay. Is anybody else here not gay?" And I'm like, "Shit, this is it. This is the moment that either I come out or no." So my heart's pounding. My heart's pounding. I'm like, okay, are they gonna set me if I'm straight? Are they? And all the same thoughts that maybe someone that's coming out the other way. Exactly. Yeah. So now that I have that experience, they were super friendly, super nice about it. It was, it was fine. They're so loved. They're like, oh, cool. And it was just me in my head. Yeah. But I only had to come out once straight. People have to come out gay all the time. Yeah. And so now that I have that experience, I have like one percent understanding. So if I do play a gay character coming out, I kind of have some. You can experience draw on that experience. On. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like it's just yeah, yeah you can draw on, no no it, you can draw on so many experiences that's a cool thing it's like then you when you are living life you're living it so much in the present moment because you want to feel things like you know what i mean like you want to yes. experience life and because the more you do then the more that you go and play an obscure wow. character you can you can take that with you yes acting has made me feel more of a human than i ever have yeah and like you said feeling on purpose and make, acting makes you want to feel life. That's some good stuff right there, man. Mm -hmm. Because before that, you're like, oh, path of least resistance. Exactly. But now it's like, listen, my, one of my coaches was like, Jabber, you're too, you're too like good to a point where you're, you seem like you're avoiding conflict. You seem like to be avoiding anything negative. And he was right. If anyone's negative around me, I just cut them off. Like, I don't even want to talk to them. I'm just like, yeah. 
And I, by living away, I had the luxury of cutting anybody off because I lived away. Yeah, exactly. Like, you again. Yeah. So, so now I'm thinking about like, no, like to, in life, it's not only good, there's also bad. So now I'm more likely to have those awkward conversations, have those hard conversations, just go there with somebody. And it's way better now because like you learn from that too, right? You learn yeah. from good so before so yeah just in life it's better to grow than to just hide and avoid everything exactly and in moderation can, you don't negative. yeah yeah 100 and like you can't be afraid to feel in life a lot of people i see people hold back things and it's like and i understand why they do and and at the same and like obviously different life experiences teach you that right but i think that Dude, there's so much, like how you said, like about your experience of like putting on different masks when you go and meet people of like, I'm okay, whatever it is. And then to have that time to journal and self-reflect and become self-aware, like you shouldn't take that lightly. That's insane. That takes a lot of courage. And at first, you know, when I was young, I was taught like, you know, I, I was taught like self-love, like, what does that even mean? Like, that's just some like hoax for people who are soft, right? Like, that's what I thought yeah. when I was like, when Getting I was like, yeah, yeah it's like, oh, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Self-love, like, what are you talking about? You softy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. life's tough, yeah. deal with it. <laughs> Which going through like no tough life experience was saying that, like, you know what I mean? Like brought up with like a silver spoon in my mouth. Like, obviously it's easy to say that, right? But then you start to grow older and you start to, one, become more mature. Thank God it became more mature and like started to realize that, hey man, like, you know, like people live different lives than I've lived. That was like one realization, uh, which happened way too late. But like, also you realize, you realize that, man, like, who am I to judge? You know what I mean? Like, who am I, who am I to judge someone for living? And self-love is, it's, it's, it's whatever you want it to be that feels right. You know what I mean? And for me, it's, for me, it comes from a place of like, of being disciplined a lot of the time and taking care of myself and, and being honest with myself, I find it self-love. And being honest means like, at the same time, not just critiquing yourself saying, Okay, don't bullshit yourself. Oh, you did that because you know you didn't want to admit it, but you actually felt this way. Like that's one way when I'm being honest. But another way is like, dude, you also gotta pat your, pat yourself on the back. It's okay to just relax for two hours, go for a walk, take a deep breath. Life's great. You know what I mean? And I feel like in that in that sort of journey, I've become a lot more spiritual. I would say, where it's like you start to view life. When I go for a walk and I'm in nature and I go to the park, like and, and you're surrounded by trees and stuff, you, it's almost like it just. It just like, and, and I find that acting has really done that for me. It just moves you, man. You know what I mean? Like it just moves you in ways that you can't even just like, you can't even voice it. It's just so deep rooted. Like you feel like it's it's affecting your soul. You know what I mean? I love that you said that you can't can't judge because who are we to judge, right? So like yeah. don't judge and be present. That's the two mantras anyone needs to do. And if you think about it, I like the saying, it's like, we don't judge trees. Every tree comes in different sizes and shapes, fat, skinny, tall, small. And we love every tree as it is. Yeah. Where we judge humans that are exactly. tall, skinny, fat, whatever, you know, like, you know, and trees give us life and all this stuff. So at the end of the day, like people that don't want to go inward will go outwards and judge others. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're so worried about someone else's life, like keeping up with the Kardashians or something, it's like, bro, like maybe you're hiding something from your own stuff. And like the alchemist, the book says, all the answers are within us. You don't got to mm-hmm. go far for it. And it's amazing because the universe, higher power, our spirit, whoever's whoever's doing what, put all the answers inside of us instead of us having to go far and wide. And yeah, exactly. That's I'm, a big, I'm a big firm believer in healing your inner child as well. Oh yeah, true. A lot of guided meditation on healing your inner child, and I've done some of them with the actual coach ones. And we went back to the time and talked to our inner child, and you visualize them in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my inner child at age like seven or six, and I'm like, "How are you doing?" And my inner child's like, "I'm good," and I'm like, "Oh, cool, that's great." And I'm about to like walk away, but I'm like, wait. I know that I'm good. 
that I'm good is not I'm good. That I'm good is, you know, no one really cares to really know what I'm doing. And then it's like, okay, so what did you want to hear at that time? At the time, I wanted to hear like, you're loved. I love you. You're safe. I'm here for you. I'm going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what you really want. And I said it to my inner child. And then, and then like, you can even have conversation with the inner child. Like, so you use your dominant hand to write what you're saying. Yeah. You use, your use your other hand. You write as your inner child. Yeah. And then you have a conversation on paper. And I remember my inner child's like, you still playing video games? I'm like, no, I don't got time anymore. What do you mean you don't got time to play video games? Uh, well, you know, I'm busy doing this, this, and this, and this, and this. Wow, that seems pretty boring. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. Why aren't they playing video games? It's <laughs> a really big realization because I used to love video games. Yeah. But I haven't played video games in so long. And I'm like, because my mind and the media is like, video games for losers or people that are wasting their time. But I'm like, yeah. I love it. So why can't I do stuff that I love, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as long as like, yeah, man, honestly, like you got to, you also got to like balance things, you know what I mean? And like, I, I think I have a conflicting view on that. Like, I think balance things, but I think at the same time, sometimes like, um, like I have these, I have this problem where I'll work a lot to the point of burnout and like, yeah. there's no balance. And then I always say like, it's good to be balanced. And then I just never do it. Bro. Yeah. So it's like, Bro. it's just super Me interesting. and you can give people the best advice when it comes to taking it ourselves or just like <laughs> mm, i'm good yeah i'm not gonna balance yeah it out <laughs> yeah exactly i'll figure out later like I, i'm yet still to learn like what balance means like you know what i mean like i i'm still that yet to like actually do that it's a lifelong journey and it changes as time goes on yeah and i want to tell you something as you said you're 20 years old right yeah yeah life gets life gets better every year it gets better and better and better and better because you get to learn about yourself more. You learn who you are. You learn to who what you like. You learn to know how you work. Your best times, your worst times, and it, honestly, the growing up, it's 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 a myth that it gets shittier. It gets better, and it, and now now when you get older, you have a little bit more money now too, so you can spend it on things you like, and it's just like, you know, freedom and stuff. So definitely just enjoy it now. But I'm just saying, like, no, don't worry about oh, I feel too late because it's never too late to start something yeah. new. We're, we both started stand-up comedy at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're 20, I was 30. You know what I'm saying? And somebody yeah, it's never too late at all. We're almost 60. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's funny because there's no two comics who are the same. Every single person has totally different like perspectives on the same situation, if anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's what I love, I love about comedy a lot is like you can, take, you can take topics that are actually very, very... Um, very serious and i think like in a way when you when you find jokes about that you you humanize it you know what i mean like you 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 i, I love it because comedy actually brings everybody together because everybody's in the same room no matter what whether you're left wing right wing whatever yeah. like center doesn't matter the the jokes like it's it's a place where we tell jokes and people laugh you know what i mean and, and we talk about life experiences life events sometimes even people make jokes about politics and like certain people seeing certain things and like it's just it's just a fun place to laugh and it teaches you also to laugh at yourself you know what i mean like don't take yourself so seriously yeah that's right. what i find about comedy but like when you did when you did your when you did uh stand up for the first time like what was that feeling of of going on stage that like that feeling before like how like describe the nerves you felt if you like felt in any class nerves. or in class or on stage no on stage so my first very first open mic is we went to um nothing fancy mm-hmm. and the old one and we just went to see it we just check it out 
and then we're seeing all these people go on open mic and we're seeing person bombing after bombing after bombing after bombing and 20 30 20 people everyone's just bombing yeah and we're like we're like we can do this <laughs> we can do this yeah exactly and then we just signed up on the spot and she like zara's like do you want to do this i'm like sure she signed us up and then we just went on stage and had no material ready nothing so i just started talking about some random stuff and it wasn't even the fact that i was getting laughs or not i was like and then i got off stage after like four minutes i'm like whoa that's it that's it this yeah is it. there's like there's no exactly and it helped me because it, the whole showcase wasn't such a big thing anymore because i've already went on a stage performance came off my art it is what it but the showcase audience is unparalleled mm-hmm. like you go to the open mics it's oh, just comedian yeah and it's kind of like hard to really break into them. So if you get like a nice chuckle at an open mic, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. You can then write that's that down it. and use it. To that's a good else. joke. Yeah. Yeah, if you exactly. Get like a laugh, it's a good joke. And uh, yeah, man, and just enjoy the process because it's the journey, man. Enjoy the journey. And then that way, whatever happens, happens. At least you're already having fun now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because if you keep waiting for until then, because my whole life I've said, when this happens, then I'll be happy. Yeah happens then i'll be happy and i'm 31 now i'm like bro no 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 none of that anymore i'm gonna choose to be happy now and it's already happening and i'm enjoying the journey because because even like rappers like nas or jay-z they're like once they reached the top all they really remembered was the good times during the struggle yeah exactly working overnight doing this they're like that's what we think about that's yeah you gotta love the process of actually of actually going to it like like even exactly exactly even little wins like i remember getting ready for the showcase like he said go to an open mic so i went to an open mic and like uh it was at the black swan pub you had to go like up the stairs to that to this one like never been yeah so it was like this so there's one thing and like so so i went there and like uh it was the first time ever doing an open mic like i i did like i emceed the wedding like a couple oh, times cool. told jokes and i was like 14 like and 12 like i just went up and told jokes so it was always like that that need for like attention with a mic and everybody just looking at me was there yeah. from like rooted when i was a kid uh yeah. and then and then so i so i went up there and like my biggest fear was like you're gonna bomb if you bomb it's gonna i went up there and i bombed like bomb yeah. but it was so interesting because when i told the first joke and no one laughed like every fear went away all the fear went away and i was just standing there and i was like this is hilarious because it's awkward for you and it's awkward for me but like it's not awkward for me anymore like i can just keep telling shitty jokes it'll be more awkward for you <laughs> and it was yeah. like this flip of like holy shit i just got off the stage and i was like that was not scary at all so when i went to the showcase like initially i was feeling a bit nervous just because it's just natural like you're gonna go up on stage it's excited it's, i'm feeling really excited really yeah. that's what i told myself maybe it was nervous but it was like a bit of excitement and like hey, uh, i went up there and it was fun yeah nervous and excitement is the same feeling exactly so you can just tell yourself i'm excited same area same area same bullshit ass stuff and you're like oh i'll just choose excitement yeah exactly it's like a pick you can just pick like which one okay i'll, I'll just make this one excitement that's sick yeah. and like i did that and like uh and then we went up the moment i went up i was like i told the first joke and like people just laugh and then nerves just went away like no nerves anymore like when someone when, the, when you get that first chuckle from the from the crowd i find like the nerves just go away completely and you're like okay cool yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's a rush, just enjoy and just um enjoy the vibe. You have like one person laughing <laughs> yeah. or something, whatever. Yeah, oh, exactly, yeah, exactly. But I want to ask you just like, um, yeah. regarding like a uh, your I I want to know like what are like what are your what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? Like I know it's a very very like question that I won't be able to answer myself because I'd be like I have no fucking clue where I'd be in five years. But like, but I guess not in five years. I guess like where do you what what are the goals for Jabra? Like what what do you <laughs> want to 
like be like hmm like that'd be really cool if i achieve this when i achieve this driver wow yeah um so i i I tell people i live my life as if i'm gonna die soon okay <laughs> like i feel like i'm doing everything because i think i'm gonna die <laughs> soon or something like, let's just do it all before yeah. i die yeah exactly but like so my goals uh in five years definitely um be on netflix mm-hmm. be in a tv series being a big feature film just some crazy awesome stuff just be netflix amazon prime just killing it yeah full-time acting also booking comedy shows showcasing headlining you know yeah exactly uh, living the dream there and all that also um hopefully maybe start a family that's awesome you know? yeah yeah exactly Need a good quality partner have a nice family maybe have a kid or two yeah like five years and uh just just finding finding doing everything with a nice pace of love and grace and just finding joy in the process and just excited to see where it is and honestly like I'm happily waiting for the unknown. My friend uh, Meg Magna has like a very famous quote that she, well she wrote it. Yeah. She, we're like we're patiently, happily waiting for the unknown. And patiently, that's, happily that's waiting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like we're excited for we don't know what we're excited for, but we know something good's gonna happen. So exactly. Just, yeah. yeah, just having that having that outlook, man. Like I've never I've never like vibed with someone so much because I feel like. Like one is like the goals of like where you said that that's like, like that's I that's like my dream like you know what I mean like like yeah. being being on like um like God willing like being on like uh being on Netflix and like just acting and, and being an actor full time uh it's so much fun and then being in like a big feature film and then like making it and then eventually like moving but, and why yeah, not man. why can't why? that who, exactly who are people to be realistic yeah like, the fuck that bro be realistic that's so stupid like I'm I'm the on this earth in the middle of nowhere. Right, and a universe that's expanding. Like, be realistic. This whole thing is fucking unrealistic. <laughs> be realistic. Nothing makes sense. Yeah, like, nothing makes any. They saw you saw that bit of Peter Holmes yeah. where he's like, not that nothing makes fucking sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it, it's crazy. What do you mean be realistic? Like, wh- and why can't I do that? Why can't you do that? It's up to you, right? At the end of the day, it's the amount of time you put in, and life's in your own hands, right? And like, obviously, I view it as like God willing, like you know, what I mean, because I'm a spiritual guy, so I'm like life's in my hands, but like also like I pray that things turn out the way that that it's I want them to. Higher power for sure. I believe in higher power, something protecting us, you know. Spirit yeah, exactly, exactly. And so like, and so man, honestly, and like, so the the podcast is like to me this is one of my favorite episodes and i honestly i'm not gonna i can't wait to release this one it's still going but i'm just saying like for you even just listening because because i find like it's so it's so interesting how we met at like stand-up one comedy showcase and like ever since then like it's just so cool to see like what you've been up to you know what i mean like like i've always seen your story and like you went to vancouver to film a commercial which i thought was like freaking insane like that's so cool (laughs) you know what i mean and like getting these gigs like these gigs that um that's sort of like the stepping stones to you actually achieving what you want to achieve and like i guess it's just also important to celebrate the little wins you know what i mean even though it might be like that's not a little win that's a pretty big win but like you know you know what i mean it's it's taking time to celebrate and be like okay cool like and then and take some time like just stop and be like holy shit like like i just flew to vancouver to shoot a commercial like if you told me i did that when i was in mexico like teaching like i'd be like that's crazy you know what i mean like that's that's insane and like yeah to just take time to be like i maybe i am solely like living my dream you know what i mean like it's i am we yeah are. yeah exactly yeah wow thank you for that no of course dude there's gonna be times that. and you're right I need to celebrate more. yeah and they're, they're gonna be times when like you look back you know like when you when you make it god willing and like you look back and you're like man i remember that time that i did stand up one showcase like i remember that time when when i when i, I taught in my when i came back and i was in acting school like i want to be that i want to be able to say like i remember that time when i when i did when i hit up my first open mic or like when i did acting school for for this for this year like these years like and it was the hustling to get an agent and this like it's so important 
You know what yeah. I mean? And I think and I think that take time to, to celebrate that. But Jabra, I wanted to just say like this episode has been super fun. Um, I'm I'm gonna post this when I do. I'll let you know exactly yeah, when sure, when I do. Sure. And you can. I'm looking forward to hearing it back because like sometimes when like right now like five years from now we're gonna hear us talking right now and we'll be like whoa. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> All that came true. <laughs> yeah. Look look how cool we are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But man, and and you gotta let me know when you're hitting up uh, an open mic because I wanna come there with you and like am I might oh, bomb. But dude, let's do it though. I wanna hey, go. Man. Everyone bombs. Yeah. That's exactly. So let's, yeah, so let's, do I need like customs yeah, officer watching and hearing though. that? Like if a customs officer watching everyone bombs, like, we meant like comedy bombing, <laughs> like that type. <laughs> we get like, arrested <laughs> during the podcast, <laughs> FBI comes in, shows up. It's like, yeah, we're said like, bomb, was that bomb you said? Yeah, I know like, so, but let's do it for sure. Uh, this episode's been super fun. Um, I've enjoyed it and I am looking forward to hearing, hearing I'm looking forward to releasing it to people to hear. Cause I think there's a lot of gold in this one. Um, just, just talking about life experiences and stuff like that. So. Jobber, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Ali. I'm very also flattered for having you. Of course, man.